You picked up a substitute teaching job for tomorrow and you have no idea what you're going into. Hmm. How do we take care of that? All right, guys, let me bring up first our Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook group, and I'm bringing it up for a reason. First of all, our discussion today is going to involve Facebook just a little bit, and we have a Facebook group called Substitute Teachers Lounge that has heated up more this week than any other week I think we've had, and so much so that I've had a couple of members of that group send me the admin notification that says they are reporting a post. They think it was inappropriate. In fact, one of them even talked about how it violated group rule number one, and I don't really have any group rules, so I'm not sure exactly where they got that. But I did feel the need to post something in that regard. And here's what I said. And I'll be honest. I'm more aggravated by the people that want me to censor something than I am about the posters. Let's face it. We've got different issues all over the world in substitute teaching. We have people that will disagree constantly about what they think should be done. That doesn't mean the discussion is inappropriate. That just means that some people disagree with each other, and that's okay. So, If you're looking for more spirited discussions beyond this podcast, go to the Substitute Teachers Lounge group page on which this week I posted this. Just a reminder, I like spirited discussion. Some of you are sending me notes about posts you think are inappropriate. So here's the deal. As long as posts don't slander, and by that I mean slander the person individually, not perhaps talk about how substitute teachers might be mistreated in in a way, one way or another. So here's the deal. As long as posts don't slander, aren't judgmental, aren't culturally offensive, and don't belittle other members, I ain't going to delete them. Disagreements are okay unless they violate those rules. So if you like discussions that type, come join us. We're we're up over 600 members there. So, And to be honest, my idea originally is that would be a place where we could discuss podcast episodes. But more time than not, it's just some type of subject that someone wants to bring up. We've had some very active people, some very honest people, I think. You know, and some of it makes me sad because I realize that some of you as substitute teachers basically don't have it as good as I do because I live in an area where I am treated nicely all the time by students, teachers, administrators, parents, everyone. I've never had an issue. I wish that for all of you. But if you want to get into that discussion, Substitute Teachers Lounge group page All right, so this past week, we had a couple of days between vacations, and I decided to pick up some middle school. I hadn't done middle school in, I did a long-term contract two years ago, but I hadn't done the jumping around 
day-at-a-time type middle schools. And I kind of, you know, since I had two days between trips, I figured, what the heck, I'm going to do that. I went back to, I'll be honest, one of my favorite schools to teach at, and I did that. And in doing so, I picked up a job. It was actually, give you a little background about what you're going to encounter as you pick up these jobs. This is common sense, but maybe you hadn't really thought about it in this manner. You're going to pick up two kinds of jobs. My favorite jobs, if I'm doing it on a daily basis, my favorite types of jobs to pick up are the ones that were posted several days, if not weeks, before the absence was going to occur. You know what that means, right? That means this is a planned absence. The likelihood that your teacher agenda is going to be ready for you goes up much higher because the teacher had been planning to be off for weeks now. So I would recommend if you like to know what you're doing, what type of thing you're doing before you go into a job, I would recommend picking, if you see a job two weeks in the future rather than just saying, oh man, I need a job tomorrow, pick that job up. You're also going to need a job on that day too. So always make it a habit of picking jobs up in advance if they are available to you. So we're going to put on our detective hat. I'm going to tell you the things that I go through, and I'm going to say that 95% of my random jobs, even though I had nothing other than the teacher's name in the school, I figured out what I was walking into before I walked in there. Especially, you know, if there was a job that I picked up the night before, I would have everything figured out before I went to sleep that night. I might have even done a little preparation. I was glad to find out the teacher at this middle school I taught for this week was a math teacher. In fact, a seventh grade math teacher teaching something I had taught the exact subject two years ago in middle school when I had the long-term role, totally comfortable with it. I felt so good. I didn't have to do any preparation because I actually remembered that material. And math is my thing. So I'm going to remember that. You've heard me talk about not knowing much about valence electrons, and I was uncomfortable with that. The school wanted me there, so I did it for the school. This was math, so I was much more comfortable with math. But it took me a while to figure out that's what I'd be teaching. So... Here's how I do it, and I'll be honest with you. Some of this is going to make you feel uncomfortable. Some of it you might even think is creepy. I'm going to tell you why I don't think that's the case at all. I'm going to tell you in just a few moments why Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs and Walt Disney are three of my favorite business people of all time. I'll tell you why I think those three are the three greatest businessmen, what they did that was different than the others. So let's go back to our absence. I found this absence, did not recognize the teacher's name, okay? So didn't know what to do. I knew a lot of teachers at that school. I'm not sure I wanted to just 
email one of those teachers and say, who is this lady? What does she teach? I kind of like to try and find things out on my own first before I do that. I will say that was my last resort. Had I not found out anything, I might send somebody a text or I might send a parent of a student that I know goes there that maybe goes to my church, not randomly, like it's a friend or a family member who has a child in that school, I might send them an email or a text and say, hey, do you know who this teacher is? Does your child have a class with this teacher? That's my last resort. I want to try out on my own first. So here's what I do. The first one's pretty simple, and you're not going to have any issues with trying this. Most every school system has an online staff directory. Now, what I do is that's my first step. I find out the teacher's name. I go into the staff directory. In my area, it is by district, which means that all eight of the schools that I have substitute taught share that database. There is a search engine built into it. It's not very good. It's slow. Usually what I'll do, it seems to work faster when I search for a school instead of an individual. So I find the school, and I'll tell you why I think it's better to go to the school anyway. I find the school, I I do my search, hone it down to the school level. Then I look for that name. Now, in this teacher's case, I could not find that name, okay? So then my second chance, well, maybe it's a name change for whatever reason. So I'll look just for the first name. And see if there's just one of those names, well, then I probably have my teacher here. And then that will lead me to be able to do some more little research to try and figure out what kind of class I'm going into tomorrow. Okay, so that's what I do first. Go to the directory. Now, in this case, I couldn't find the name. I couldn't find the first name. Well, the next thing I'll do with that school directory is go back up to the global search where all the schools within the district are listed, and then I'll just scan down through quickly, as quickly as I can, because, you know, a school system's got a lot of employees in it, and look for that name or that first name to see if maybe it was a teacher that at one time taught at another school and the credentials are just not updated for the new school yet. I'll go at it that way. Usually... Usually, eh, 80% of the time, I'll identify the teacher, and if they have been putting as much in their profile as they can, well, it will say maybe what grade they teach, what subject they teach. Now, that's a little misleading. In fact, my wife, who is retired from fifth grade teaching now, had her in her first sub-job, the teacher's was social studies, which she enjoyed the fact that it'd be social studies, but it ended up being only one period with social studies. So this is not a hard and fast rule, obviously. You might find that it's different than what you search out on that, okay? So that's your first tip. Go to the school directory. I could not identify the person. Sometimes in the past, I have found the name, but there's basically no profile because I couldn't identify them in that way either. So, step number two, 
bring on Mr. Zuckerberg, okay? The reason I like Walt Disney and Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg probably more than any other business people is because they didn't fulfill a need we have. They told us what our needs were. Steve Jobs, nobody was asking for an iPhone, but he knew that the iPhone would be perfect. Walt Disney, nobody was asking us for a full movie of animation, but he knew the public would like it. Mark Zuckerberg, nobody was really asking us for a public place where we could display pictures and match up with friends. Nobody asked us for that, but he saw into the future and knew how successful that would be, and all three of those guys were filthy rich or... Maybe I should say filthy successful, or more importantly, they were right. They didn't just make what we told them we needed. They showed us what we needed that we didn't even realize we needed. So I like those guys. I think they're unique in that way. Now, we're going to talk about Facebook a little bit because I spend a lot of my research about teachers on Facebook. Now, before you cringe... Believe me, I am not hacking into anybody's system. I am not trying to go behind a a virtual door and discover something that they didn't need to discover. You know that Facebook has security built into it. If you don't know that, well, let me describe it. It takes a little while because the default is everything you post on your Facebook page is public information. But... That's just the default. If you go into your settings, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but if you go into a settings, you can make pictures available just for your friends on Facebook or just for people specifically that you want to see. You can you can knock it down to one person or five people in that way. But if you just post it, you're agreeing to Facebook's rules that It's in the public. It's available to see. So first of all, don't ever put anything on Facebook that you don't want others to see because all of that's searchable. Now, in my case, here's the way I use Facebook to find out more about the teacher I'm going to be teaching for. Obviously, I just type in their name. Now, there are so many People on Facebook, I have yet, no matter how unusual the name seems to me, I have yet to find a name that when I type it in, that there's only one of those people. There's always multiple people. So that only helps you a little bit, depending on how good their description is of themselves. Some that I've typed in have actually said, teacher at this school, the school I'm going to, and the grade and subject they teach. And for the most part, if that's the case, if it turns out that perfectly, I'm done. I don't do any more search. I don't look into pictures to try to find out anything about their family. I was only trying to help myself be prepared for class the next day. So if the first thing that I see that pops up is is that name at that school and I see the subject and the age group, I'm done. I am not going to search any further. That maybe happens 20% of the time. So I have to drill down a little bit if that's not the case. Now, the good thing about the way Facebook's algorithm works, 
I'm substitute taught for three years, and I'm Facebook friends with, it's at least 100 teachers. That helps because Facebook's algorithm works this way. If there are multiple hits on the name that you typed in, if it comes up in several locations, the ones that will be closest to the top are especially if they have mutual friends with you. You all don't know each other. You don't know the teacher, but they have a Facebook friend who is also one of your Facebook friends. They're mutual friends. Well, that algorithm will move that name closer to the top of your list. Generally speaking, if you have made any reference in your Facebook information, even if it was just a post at one time about a school you've taught at, well, and that comes up in that person's page as well, that will tend to drive it to the top. After all that, maybe if it's in the same geographical area that you live in, that will tend to post it to the top. So the smart thing about using Facebook is that a lot of that work, search work, has already been done for you, and it's going to move the names to the top that they think you're most likely searching for. Now, I will venture to say when I do that, I am now up to the 90 percentile. Just by doing these things so far, typing in the name, I am up to a level where I can now see the teacher's page. I usually just look at the about information. I'm not going to look at their photos. I'm not going to look at anything like that. I am going to see if they included where they teach, what subject they teach, and the age group that they teach. And a lot of them do. Now, I wouldn't say most of them do, but a lot of them do. So that helps me. Again, if I find out that information... I am done. I am not trying to find out anything behind the scenes of them. I am just trying to help myself be prepared for the next morning. Okay? So, these past few days, I couldn't find that teacher on Facebook. Not through mutual friends, not through anybody, not through the geographical area. I guess there's a chance that she never loaded that into her Facebook information or... Maybe more likely, she does. She's not even in Facebook anymore. It's kind of funny. There are still adults, grown people, that think that Facebook is like the super popular social media site for young people. Well, it's not anymore. They're into stuff like TikTok and Snapchat, and maybe even some of those are getting outdated now. So it's more adults than anybody, which helps in this regard. We don't have as many names to sift out. So I'm down to, I'm getting down to my last resorts. I do ask one of my church friends that I knew had a daughter that goes to that school, and I knew what grade she was in. And I said, does your child, I text that person, does your child have any classes with this teacher? And he said, no, she doesn't. That didn't work. Now what I'm going to do, well, here's your last step in the process. Or I should say, if you can think of some other things that will help out, let me know. I would love some ways to streamline the process. Here's what I do. Good old Google. Okay, here's what I do. 
I type in the teacher's name into a Google search and include the name of the school. Here's why. I'm thinking that maybe there was an article where this teacher was hired, and that will help me then go, if, if the information's not listed there already, go to a source where I can find that information, like Facebook. So that's what I did. I typed in the name, type in the name of the school. Guess what? Bingo. I found the name. And that person was a teacher at that school. Now, why couldn't I find her? Because that person had gotten married, and the Facebook name was the maiden name still. So once I figured all that out, I think the way the article was it actually came up with her information and then had a link to her Facebook page, which was her maiden name, but it was the correct person. So I went there. Sure enough, there's the school. There's the grade she teach. It was a seventh grade math teacher. I was so excited. You know, and to be perfectly honest, I think this is so helpful to the teacher. Teachers want substitute teachers that walk into their classroom that morning, not only excited, but prepared. This helped me. I figured out, all right, I'm a math teacher tomorrow. I know math. I taught seventh grade math two years ago. I've got resources. It was a great two days. It, we just so happened we were teaching inequalities. That's one of my favorite things. It's cool to explain that the students, my goodness. In fact, these students became special to me, and I'm going to save why till another episode because it made me think of a topic maybe that I had never covered before. So we'll save that for another episode of why they were special to me. But here we go. I'm walking in. I'm teaching math. I see the handouts on the on the table as soon as I walk in. She was so organized. Again, that's why you try your best to schedule your substitute teacher coverage in the future because you know that teacher has prepared material for you that will probably be sitting on the desk. If you're catching a job the night before or the morning of, you're most likely filling in for a teacher that is having an unexpected absence. So the chances that there will be nothing laying on the desk for you the next morning go up. Now, lots of schools and lots of teachers organize enough. They'll call the secretary in the area. They'll make sure the copies are on the table. I've had some roll in at the last minute. Always have something in your back pocket. There's plenty of episodes about that. But I walked in there. Everything was great. The students were great. They got all their work done. I was able to add my little touch the next day by just throwing in a 10-minute kahoot on that topic. And it's so funny. The kids just participate so much better when there's a competitive element to it. They want to do better than the rest of their students. At the same time, it's a little bit more intense because now there's a timer on it. So 
your best student still, and they told me this, they laughed about it when they told me this. I still, I get a little bit frazzled. I know the material, but when I know I want to answer it faster than the other students, it just adds a different dimension. Now, let me tell you something I did. First time I tried it, really, and it worked out great. I'm always concerned about holding the interest of students that aren't as understanding of this particular subject. So here's what I did. I took in some treats. didn't cost me much. I took in some treats, and I said, all right, we're going to have a competition. We're going to have make the class fun today before you do iReady information, and we're going to have a Kahoot. It's on the same topic. I will tell you that the last question is the toughest, and it's double points. I'm going to give out two prizes in every class. One is to the winner. That should inspire you to do as well as you can. The other, I'm just giving out randomly as long as you participate, okay? And usually that helps everyone to participate. So we did the competition. I gave it out. I gave the treat to the first place person. It went so well. Those kids are so smart. And then I had some fun with it. The teacher had made seating charts. I had the winner come up. I had the, held the seating chart facing me. I made them stand on the other side and hold their finger over the seating chart and put their finger on the sheet so that, in effect, they landed on a student, and that student got the other treat randomly. And again, it was a way to make everybody participate, and uh, that's a neat little tool that I just started doing a couple of weeks ago, and that worked out fine. So if you're up to it, this is how you find out what you're going to be teaching the next day, things about your teacher, maybe where she went to school, maybe that's interesting to you. Just use the about information. Again, I have no desire to find out anything about a teacher other than the topic and the grade level that I'm trying to teach with. So put those things into practice and let me know if you have some suggestions yourself on the Substitute Teachers Lounge group page.